are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Very excited to end the week with Mr. Eric Crocker. We're going to be talking 49ers rookie defensive backs on today's show. And looking ahead, some big stuff happening next week as well. I want to let you guys know about You're going to want to tune in Monday. I will be talking to the 49ers' newest wide receiver, seventh-round draft pick, Richie James, a super exciting player that I can't wait to see don the scarlet and gold for the 49ers. He's absolutely someone who's going to make waves, I think, and make this 49ers roster in 2018. So we're going to talk to Mr. Richie James on Monday's episode. And then on Tuesday, we're going to be chatting with John Ledyard, who is an NFL draft writer, host of Locked On NFL Draft. He's going to break down one of his favorite players in the draft that the 49ers selected in the third round, linebacker Fred Warner. And uh, John actually had the 49ers as one of the best drafts in the league in 2018. So we're going to ask him why he thought the 49ers did so well on draft day. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review Locked On 49ers. We're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we are everywhere, uh, apparently except for Teslas. So come on. Elon Musk, you got to tighten it up. We need to get Locked On 49ers into these Tesla vehicles because for some reason their TuneIn app, even though Locked On 49ers is on TuneIn as well, it's somehow not syncing up. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at BD Peacock. You can email the show any questions or comments, or if you want to get involved in any of the mailbag segments on Locked On 49ers, hit me on email, LockedOn49ers at gmail and of course locked on 49ers.com. We've got the draft covered from every angle, articles from myself. From Chris Wilson, he's got a new one up about the guard position and the battle that's going to go on there now that Zane Beatles has been cut. And you can find links to all of the podcasts and ways to subscribe to the show at LockedOn49ers.com. And now it's time for today's guest. All right, my guest today, he is the go-to expert when it comes to defensive backs, prospects, and 49ers players. He's a writer at 4th and 9, former AFL and NFL player, and current coach of defensive backs, that is friend of the show, Eric Crocker. Eric, thanks for joining the show once again here. All right, thank, man, the introduction, man, that was pretty cool. I, you know, <laughs> I am kind of the go-to guy for defensive backs. Yeah, that's what you are. That's your niche now. Everybody knows you. Everyone's following you. They're like, I got to follow Crocker or I'm going to fall behind on this DB knowledge. Yeah, man, you know, I try to do what I can and spread a little awareness, you know, what's going on. So, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's get into it. Uh, the 49ers added a bunch of new DBs. I think they added a little bit of everything as far as the cornerback position goes uh, in the draft. And I know when Tarvarius Moore was the name that was selected at pick 95 late in the third round on draft day, you and I and Dylan and Nick were doing a live draft show. And we were a little bit surprised by the name Tarvarius Moore coming up, especially that he's a safety, but they're going to turn him to cornerback and we actually put on the film live there and we and we kind of started watching him and breaking him down because he wasn't a player that you had had a chance to break down yet and we saw him playing safety in a bunch of uh what looked like cover four schemes and so we we're thinking oh man okay so they're going to use him at cornerback but we're only seeing him at safety now that <laughs> you've gotten a chance to dig into the tape a little bit further what what's the what's the end result on Tarverius Moore? What 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 did you see on in him as a prospect and, and how do you think he will fit in as a cornerback for the 49ers? 
Yeah, you know, it, it's funny because I remember that moment and we kind of looked at each other after watching the film and we had the same reaction. <laughs> like, I don't I don't understand it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, there was absolutely no, you know, a lot of times you can see different things. So say, you know, a guy like uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, there's actually, you know, yeah, he primarily played in the slot. He played some, you know, deep free safety. But there was there was some film of him at corner. So you kind of have a little bit of something to go off of. Um, with more, at least with the film that was available to me, I found nothing. Um, the only thing that I'll say about that, I asked somebody, I don't want to act like I have, like, all kind of sources or anything like that. <laughs> um, you know, I know a few former NFL players and things like that. So I reached out to one that actually played cornerback and safety. And I said, hey, man, you know, what's more, what's the biggest transition that he's going to have going from uh, safety to cornerback? And um, he said, man, and he played in the scheme as well. He played for the Jaguars. He played for the Seahawks. Um, he played under uh, Robert Sala. So he he understands what the scheme asked of the defensive backs. His initial reaction uh, response was, he's going to be fine. He's big. He's tall. He's fast. He's long. And then um, shortly after that, he reached out to actually a defensive coordinator to ask the defensive coordinator his thoughts on more. And the corner, the defensive coordinator, he basically sent me what the coordinator said in quotations. And it pretty much aligned with exactly what he said. So um, I'm going to trust in their uh, expertise in that situation. Um, they think he's going to be fine. So I'm, I'm definitely intrigued to see how it all works out. Yeah, and so when we did put on that tape and we saw him playing safety, obviously he wasn't playing corner, uh, but there was a few things that you could tell from watching Tarveris Moore play safety at Southern Miss, and one was that he can blaze. That athleticism shows up on tape. I mean, I don't know if you necessarily saw 4-3 because um, that's hard to tell exactly. You know, that's track right. versus football, and sometimes that looks a little bit different. But the length, his ability to get up, and it's really hard to get a ball over the top of him. And just the athleticism and speed, you saw all that stuff. And then you see him measure up and you know he's got the the height, he's got the length, he's got that timed speed. So on paper, he would seem to be a perfect fit. And if he is a perfect fit late in the third round and he develops into a a starting caliber corner for the 49ers, I mean, that's a great deal. Uh, But then there's the other side of that. And so it makes you wonder, okay, what's, uh, you know, how, how far can you project a player that hasn't really done this just based on his attributes and I kind of wanted to ask you that same thing, but but that defensive coordinator and your friend kind of answered it. It's like, how easy is Robert Sala's scheme to play in if you can just plug in a great athlete and boom, you have a starting cor- uh, caliber NFL cornerback. But um, just as far as traits go, did you see the traits that, that, that would jump off the screen at you that would say, okay, this guy could absolutely play cornerback at the NFL level? Um, not in the film that I watched, but if if I were just to watch him for one practice, <laughs> I would be able to tell. Um, and maybe that's what they're going off of. I mean, they went to his pro day. Um, they talked with him constantly about this situation, you know, throughout the draft process. So, you know, if they watched him, they watched how he moved. They maybe, you know, watched the fluidity, watched how, you know, different things. It's hard for me to tell until I see a guy cover someone. But um, they saw enough to say, you know what? Worst case scenario, we put him as free safety. We know he can play that. Um, but we do think with his, you know, attributes, and this is what John Lynch said, you know, they think with, you know, his, you know, like the defensive coordinator said, his size, his length, his speed, his athleticism, they think he can be a terrific cornerback. And sometimes, um, you know, the the super athlete, they're going to get chances. Now, 
you know, I'm pretty sure we'll get into some of the um, guys in, in, in the later rounds and undrafted guys, but maybe one of those guys pan out, you know, so even if Moore doesn't pan out that cornerback and you have to move him back to safety or whatever the case is, you do have three other guys that you're taking a chance on. And maybe one of those guys can, you know, work out at cornerback. Yeah, absolutely. I want to get into those guys in a second. Um, just for the listeners out there that might be wondering, okay, what's the difference between you know playing safety in a cover four or playing cornerback in the 49ers' predominant cover three scheme? Um, j- just for the listeners out there, basic uh, basic overview, what, what are you looking for? What do you have to do as a cornerback under Robert Sala for the 49ers? All right, so typically, um, I, I think in an ideal world, you know, if you line up, you know, you have a basic offense out there, we'll say three by one. Um, they want to line up with their outside guys pressed up and they'll have a single high safety. So that that's 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 what they want to ideally run. Now, it's always, you know, it doesn't always work out like that. If guys split in tight, if you have, you know, a tight two by two, um, you'll see the cornerbacks back off and they'll play, you know, softer coverage. But ideally, they want their guys pressed up at the line of scrimmage and being able to play um damn near with no help i mean they they don't really have a ton of help especially depending on uh what you know if somebody runs around to hold the the deep free safety um so you need guys that have that have that length have that speed and you know they can stay on top of receivers that, that that's the main thing now the faster the guy is the more he can rely on his technique so you know, you have a guy like Moore who is fast. If he can learn the technique part of it to where he doesn't have to get too far upfield shoulder, so now he can take away curls. And if you do try to throw it deep on him, he has the ability to turn on the jets and cover downfield. That's that's uh that that's what you want. That that's that's ideal. So I think when when, when they draft it more, and if you think about it like that, um that's that's where he can win and that's where he can be great in this game. Now, when he ran in co- college, like you, you know, you talked about. Well, well, to me, it looked like a cover four. Um, cover four is, especially in college, it, it's it's they they run a lot in high school. They run a lot in college. It's a way to keep um, more people in the box. You know, so your safeties are kind of closer to the line of scrimmage. They're usually around eight to ten yards. To off. try to combat the spread offenses, right? Right, and um, it's basically a two man game. With the outside guys, if that makes sense. So, if the slot guy does an out and the outside receiver does a go route, the corner can jump that out, and then the safety has to be able to go on the go route. Now, if the slot guy does anything kind of in breaking, then the safety is probably going to have to break on that. So it's almost like a really soft uh, off coverage man. Almost, I mean, there's there's similar like principles, but at the end of the day, it's still like a zone. So um, that's what they run a lot at Southern Miss. That's what it looked like on film to mm-hmm. me um, most of the time. Um, they did show him breaking on some out routes um, here and there, depending on the route concepts that the um, offense ran. And I didn't see anything in that time that really just jumped out to me. Um, you know, with oh, he look how he exploded out of there. You know, look at his feet. I didn't see anything that just truly jumped out, but he might be someone that is really just better suited for the outside um, press man corner, and he can excel at that. So I, I think that's what they're banking on. And so when it comes to that length and the speed so you can carry guys down the field, the idea is in a cover three that you've got responsibility 
to that deep third, right? So you, you, it's nice if you have a rangy center fielder that can go sideline to sideline, but you've got responsibility down the deep third. So um, you can carry a wide receiver down the field, and you have that height once the ball's in the air that you can you know, knock that thing down and keep things from going over the top of you. And that's one of the things I did see with Tarverius Moore uh, as a safety is it was hard to get the ball over the top of him because he's got the leaping ability and he had the speed and he was able to run with some guys. Uh, but you're right, the short area stuff, and he wasn't really manned up at the line of scrimmage ever. So that kind of stuff was was really uh, hard to tell. So it's a, it's a boomer bust situation, I think, with Tarverius Moore. And I actually want to talk about their other draft pick at cornerback a little bit later because before we get to DJ Reed, I want to talk about the other more outside corners that the 49ers brought in after the draft, the undrafted free agents in Tarveris McFadden from Florida State and Emmanuel Mosley. And if I'm correct, just following you on Twitter, and by the way, you can find Eric Crocker on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker. I think you kind of like Emmanuel Mosley even more than Tarveris McFadden. Is that correct? Right. So, you know, a lot of what I look for in a cornerback, and I mentioned it a little bit with more, is um, <clears throat> athleticism, fluidity, and and then, you know, like technique and stuff like that. And when you're undrafted, um, it's really a crapshoot. I mean, well, obviously any draft pick is, you know, is is a crapshoot. Yeah. But um, when you're when you are an undrafted free agent, a lot of times you, you lack at something um, and it might be a glaring weakness. So with McFadden, his glaring weakness is top end speed. And at times it definitely showed up on film. Um other times he looked pretty good. He, I, I didn't think he was stiff. You know, he's for especially for someone that's six feet two. Um, I didn't think he was stiff. I thought he played, you know, pretty square at the line of scrimmage most of the time. Um, really good. I mean, I just just going off of his film, um, I liked a lot of what I saw more than from McFadden more than a guy like Josh Jackson. Um, especially like if it's a press man type scheme. The only thing is his deep speed. In this kind of defense where guys, you know, a lot of people, oh, well, Richard Sherman wasn't that fast. Well, Richard Sherman, he ran a 4.58 at the combine, which is actually not bad. And he actually has good football speed to be able to stay on top of guys. Uh, McFadden ran a 4.67, which is, that's a drastic difference <laughs> in speed. Um, and I don't know what his, you know, to me, it, he didn't look fast on film. It looked like once a guy got, a step on him, he wasn't really able to catch up. So that would be, and I like to go off of film speed more than yep. forty times. I don't, I don't really like to pay attention to the forty times. That's just an added bonus. But what can the guy do on the field, and what shows up on the field? And on field, on the field, he did look a, a step, just maybe a step too slow, and that could be concerning to to, to people. And that's why he went undrafted. Now, yeah, that's a great point maybe, because when you talk about their, you, you see him on film, and you're like, oh man, you know, I might be a little bit worried about speed there. So then let's let's confirm that with the timed speed in workouts. And then he goes and throws down like a four six seven, I think it was for Tarveris mm-hmm. McFadden. And then you're like, okay, yeah. So that that just kind of confirms what you saw on film. But when those two disagree, then that's where things get a little bit weird, and it's hard to believe the track time. But when you see speed on tape, and then you see speed. When they time him and those match up, you're like, okay, good. That's that confirms what I already knew. And for McFadden, I think that's the single reason he probably went undrafted was because he confirmed that that foot speed that you see on film and you're questioning there. He throws down a four six seven forty time, and for a cornerback, that's just really bad for an NFL corner. So that that's the reason he went undrafted. 
Uh, but there is some potential there. And uh, and like you mentioned, he's a player that was attached to the 49ers throughout the process. Earlier on, like right. in the fall, I saw him like in the second round in mock drafts to the 49ers because they're like, okay, perfect, long press corner. This is going to be one of the, the players that goes to either the 49ers or the Seahawks or the Jaguars or the Falcons. And then uh, it turned out he just went completely undrafted because of that speed. Now, on the other hand, uh, Emmanuel Mosley, he had some really strong pro day numbers. He ran a 4.42. He had a 38 and a half inch vertical. He's not as big and long as Tarveris McFadden, uh, but I think he's just under six feet, maybe. Uh, what did you see of Emmanuel Mosley on tape, and why do you like him maybe even a little bit more than Tarveris McFadden? Yeah, I just think his ceiling, because of his um, top end athleticism, and they play with similar type of technique, um, I think his ceiling is just higher. Now, obviously, you know, again, it, athleticism doesn't – that's not the end-all, be-all. But if, if I were just going, you know, off of one player and I feel like their technique and things like that is similar, I probably would go with the more athletic person. Um, I thought his feet were quicker. Um, I thought he uh, – his 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 ability to get the ball out of hands, um, receiver's hands was better, which – I think McFadden struggled with that a lot. He gave up seven touchdowns um, his sophomore year, then gave up another four touchdowns last year. Um, I thought Mosley was more physical at the point, even though he's a lot smaller. Um, I, I just see a lot of things that, to me, when I look at it, uh, it just looks like, okay, there, there, there's probably, if I can get it to click with him, there's more upside and possibly more versatility um, because of his quick feet. So he could probably be somebody that can play outside, he can play inside, he can do different things. Um, and then with his speed, he can probably be somebody that's um, better on special teams, um, running down, being a gunner and things like that. So if they're battling for a, you know, fifth or sixth spot, you know, on, you know, a cornerback, uh, he might be able to show more versatility. Again, now McFadden got more money, uh, more guaranteed money and things like that. So maybe he gets more opportunities, but um, because he fits more of the mode, the six, two frame, 200 pounds, you know, all that. But Mosley is very intriguing to me, um, and I tend to lean uh, on guys more with his uh, athletic attributes and feet and things like that. So especially, you know, undrafted, if I'm going to take a chance on the guy, I think I, think I kind of like what he brings just a little bit more. We're talking to you, Eric Crocker. He's a writer at 4th and 9. He is our defensive back expert. I think you guys probably already follow him on Twitter. If you don't, you should follow him at Eric underscore Crocker. Uh, so that brings us to one more defensive back that was brought in. And you mentioned that was a great point by, about special teams. And when you're talking about the end of the roster, you got to be uh, a player that can have value on special teams. And I think DJ Reed, the fifth round pick cornerback out of Kansas State, a smaller corner. I think he's more of a slot type of corner for the 49ers. It sounds like they're going to use him a little bit at free safety, possibly as well. So they take the boomer bus prospect in Tarvarius Moore in round three. And then they took DJ Reed in round five, who's a little bit of a safer pick, maybe more pro-ready, uh, you know, doesn't have the upside maybe that someone like Tarverius Moore has. But I think, man, he's going to get on the field and he's going to play early. Do you think Reed also has a shot to, to be on the field earlier than Tarverius Moore? Yeah, I mean, when, when you know, just his confidence. The first thing that jumps out to, uh, to me about Reed is his confidence. You know, he said, I'm going to shut down cornerback. You know, yeah. and he had a lot of success in in the Big 12 where they don't really have a lot of good defensive backs <laughs> in that conference. Um, <laughs> every game seems to be a shootout in Kansas State. Um, I know a lot of times they do take a lot of um, 
junior college transfers out of California. I know guys from uh, San Francisco City College that have gone to Kansas State. Um, they recruit a lot of guys. So he was another guy that um, he went to Fresno State first, and then you know he went to a junior college, and then he went to Kansas State. And yeah, man, um, the the confidence, the the grit, the grind for somebody his size, and like he's you know I heard him talking about it. He basically said that he had to perfect and work harder than everyone else because of his size. So that wouldn't be an excuse for somebody not to take him. And when you see, when you see him on film, you know, you see him going up, you know, challenging, you know, taller receivers, um, playing the ball at his highest point. Um, you know, he played off coverage well. He played press well. And then he gives you that added special teams value with, you know, being the number two punt returner in the nation behind, you know, our Dante Pettis. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think he's another guy. It's going to be really hard to keep him off of the field. Now, there, there is looks like there's possibly going to be a, a three-man battle at slot between Ward, Williams, and Reed. Um, that's going to be very interesting. There's a lot of money tied into Ward. Um, you know, Williams played well last year. Um, not great, but he played well, especially around the box um, versus the run. And then you have DJ Reed, who brings special teams value, punt returns, things like that, that the other two guys don't do. So, that's going to be very interesting to see, you know, who's inactive on that, on you know, on game day. Yeah, exactly. And now the 49ers have maybe at least are, are trying to develop a little bit of depth at the cornerback position because they were definitely light on it. You oh, knew they yeah. were going to attack that position in the draft. And so they went ahead and drafted a couple guys, brought in a couple more guys that look like they have a shot at least to battle for a roster spot as undrafted free agents. And yeah, you mentioned the California kid, DJ Reed. I think he grew up in Bakersfield, went to Cerritos College, kind of an alternate path to getting to the NFL and, and had to fight for, for all of it. And you can see the way he plays. He has that, uh, you know, that quote unquote chip on his shoulder, the way he plays and then ended up becoming a first team, all big 12 selection in 2017. So I really liked the pick of DJ Reed. He's one of those guys that, you know, isn't a flashy draft pick and then ends up just sticking on your roster and, and playing right. for a long time. So and the special teams ability obviously is going to help his his status if he does make the roster and being able to suit up on game day. So uh, as it stands now, are you, are you happy with the way the the defensive backfield is looking? Do you like the the Jimmy Ward move to cornerback and then just giving that job to uh, Adrian Colbert at free safety and Jaquaski Tart at strong safety? Yeah. Now, I mean, the only thing so. It, Ward at cornerback adds more versatility in the defensive backs that you keep. So typically teams say, you know, we're going to keep five or six cornerbacks and we'll keep another four safeties. Well, now since you have some guys like Reed who, you know, we saw in rookie minicamp work at free safety, we know Ward can play free safety. Um, you know, Colbert can play free safety, but then you have the Reed and Ward who also can play, you know, uh, slot corner. Um, Ward can play outside corner. It help, it makes it so now I can keep more defensive, more cornerbacks, more guys I can cover because they can also do more. Um, so it's very intriguing what they did uh, with, with, with that. Um, more too, more is another guy that can play, you know, corner safety. Uh, so we a lot more depth than what we saw last year when they had to sign guys off the street like Maben and Powell and and uh, uh, Hall, Young yeah. Hall and. And uh, Exum and, I mean, just guys off the street. Yeah, it's nonstop and, parade of guys they keep bringing in. <laughs> yeah, so um, this year it seems like they did a good job of 
bringing 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 in a bunch of their own talent, and you know these are guys that I'm pretty sure they're going to look to develop and keep for the long haul. Even when you know a guy like Richard Sherman isn't around any longer, they'll have a good young nucleus of cornerbacks. And I I really 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 like what they've done in this uh, second year. That's a great point about the value of the versatility of of DJ Reed if he is. Uh, able to display the ability to play some free safety and Jimmy Ward as well. If those guys can both back up free safety, that's an extra safety you don't have to carry on the roster right. just for that specific reason. And now, then, I might heard a guy like Cam Chancellor. Um, we'll see what they do with Harris. Um, and I just saw, you know, there's a, a guy from Houston, you know, a 6'4", 212-pound free safety from Houston um, that looks like, you know, he's, you know, intriguing with his size, you know, height, weight, and speed and stuff. So, um it's going to be very interesting to see what they do behind Colbert and Tart because who, who's behind them? Yeah, no, that's a great point. And I think even Ward could even play a little strong safety too because Ward in college played that role that we saw. Uh, we, it's really a lot more guys are playing this role in college now. You get your best defensive back and you put him at this cornerback slash slot corner slash mm-hmm. strong safety role so they can impact the game more rather than just right. if they were shutting down one guy on one side that the, the offense would just go the other way but and Mika Fitzpatrick was kind of doing the same thing we saw Jimmy Ward do in college and so that versatility the his ability to show that he can play all those positions in the NFL has been huge and it, it probably sucks for Jimmy Ward to be kind of jerked around and playing different positions Every year, but uh, at this point in his career, it might actually help him out. It actually might help out the 49ers. And if Richard Sherman's ready to go, I wouldn't be surprised if Jimmy Ward is actually the starting slot corner because that I think that might even be his best role because he can impact the run game there, and he's super fast and athletic. And then you have basically your five best defensive backs on the field. Yeah, I, I thought that uh, Ward is just as good as William in the box uh, versus the run, but I, I do think that Ward's coverage downfield is better than Williams coverage downfield. So um, if I were just going off of that, I would think that Ward would be the guy. Um, But maybe, you know, Williams is half these guys. So, uh, you know, we'll see how that whole thing works out. Hey, so before I let you go, Eric, I got to ask you about crock time you and if there are some aspiring defensive backs in the Stockton area that want to get coached up by the great DB expert, Eric Crocker, how do they get a hold of you and find Crock time you. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people, they just uh, send me a, D- a DM on Twitter. That's a cool thing about social media now. You can reach out to anyone. Um, so, you know, through social media, whether it's on Instagram, whether it's on Twitter, um, you know, a lot of kids around the areas, they uh, they send me d- direct messages. I mean, I've even had people from Canada, um, all kind of places oh, wow. uh, message me and come out and, and, and train with me for a few days and um you know, it's been a it's been a something that has kind of you know f- scratched that itch for me um, after I got done playing football. Um, but you know, some guys have gone off to you know college and things like that. I, I think it's easy to work with someone that's talented and he's already got the offers and things like that, and you can try to put down your resume. I don't take pride in those guys. I don't even really post those guys. The ones that I really take pride in are the guys that barely played their junior years of high school. They come to me, they train, they work hard for an entire off season. And even some days during their actual season, and then see those guys get scholarships, whether it's to a division three, division two, division one school, you know, just trying to help, you know, their parents not have to pay for college. Um, I really, really take pride in, 
and working with those those kids, the underdogs. I really like working with the underdogs that other people look over. So um, yeah, man, Croc Time U um, on on Instagram. I'm at Croc Time underscore U. Um, Twitter Eric underscore Crocker and yeah, the direct messages. You know, whatever it works, and you know, I I respond to everybody. Absolutely. Uh, I I do not have a son. If I did, I'd be sending him to Croc Time U. And I, I do have a son on the way. So maybe in you know fifteen years. You're going to hear from me, Eric, because uh, hey, he's no, going to... they start them young now. You know, I've worked with kids as, as young as six years old. Six? <laughs> You'd oh, be surprised. Okay. I mean, that is really surprising to me. I'm like, man, he's only six years old. He can barely walk. But um, <laughs> parents, man, they, 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 they got their kids starting early now. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, sh- <laughs> well, shoot, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be seeing you sooner than I thought then. Absolutely. <laughs> Coach those kids up. Uh, Eric, man, that's great stuff. Croc time you. Uh, it's It's great that you're doing that stuff. And I love the information you're pumping out at fourth and nine, breaking down all the defensive backs and, and all other positions and other stuff as well. And it's always fun talking to you. So I appreciate the time, Eric, and uh, we'll do it again soon. All right. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure chatting with Mr. Eric Crocker, doing big things over there in Stockton, California. And uh, man, it's worldwide now. Croc time you, I didn't realize. And I, I expect that you're going to see some players that uh, graduated from Croc time you Cracking some lineups in the D1 level and some names you might become very familiar with, maybe even some future 49ers on that list. Uh, Thank you very much again to Eric for joining me here on the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Got some big shows coming up for you next week. We will be talking to one of the newest 49ers, seventh-round draft pick, wide receiver out of Middle Tennessee State. Richie James himself is going to be right here on the show on Monday, and then we're going to talk with John Ledyard. He's going to break down 49ers third-round pick Fred Warner and then talk about that whole 49ers draft, which he had rated as one of the top five drafts in the NFL. So all that coming up next week right here on Locked On 49ers.